Heads up, listeners, this episode contains discussion of suicide, anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues, so please be advised. Hi, I'm Mia Dunlop, founder of Teen Brain Trust and one of the hosts of Hope Punk Parenting Podcasts. This is a short-form podcast for anyone raising a teenager. Teen Brain Trust brings together a community of mental health experts, neuroscientists, educators, and parents like me in short-form audio to demystify adolescents, help you build a better relationship with your teenager, and help raise the next generation of changemakers. This episode is the first of a four-part series on teen mental health. Recently, a big New York Times article came out about teen mental health and rising teen suicide rate. It seems like these topics are very top of mind and getting a lot of attention, both in the media and in conversations I have with other parents. Teen suicide, self-harm, anxiety, and depression are big, scary topics that parents and teens have to deal with. We wanted to bring in our board member, friend, and expert on teen anxiety and depression, Dr. Dana Dorfman, to weigh in on these issues and hopefully provide some clarity for all the worried parents out there like me. Dana has 25 years of clinical experience treating children, adolescents, parents, and adults, working with mental health agencies, parenting centers, schools, and other organizations. Dana, every time I read something like the New York Times article, I get a burst of anxiety. I can't help but think about my own kids. I wonder how are my kids doing and how are my kids processing all this talk about suicide? Is that a healthy reaction for parents to have? It's actually, it's a completely normal reaction to have. I think that um, this scares every parent of teenagers, that parents really feel like they're in the dark, or the more that they hear about this, the more worried they become. So it's a completely normal response to have. Do you think the way the media is covering this topic is helping? Like, is it too much? Is it, is it never too much? I would say that I'm probably biased as a mental health professional. I actually think that at the moment, there can't be too much. I guess that we can all reach some kind of saturation point and um, almost become desensitized or immunized from hearing something so often. However, I think that the idea that mental health has become so much a part of our daily conversation and that there's so much recognition that we all have emotions, that we all have mental health, and that our teens are struggling cannot be overemphasized. And, and how should parents deal with the fact that this is such a terrifying landscape upon which to parent? Well, I should probably say as a caveat that everything that I'm going to say is going to sound easier in our discussing it than it is in reality. But I would encourage all parents to have these conversations with their kids. And these conversations are about death, about suicide, using the word suicide, using the word death. I think that it is always helpful for this to be part of conversations in families, and there are endless opportunities to address it. We hear daily of a celebrity or another teenager at, uh, 
our kids' schools or at other schools that have either attempted suicide or have died by suicide. So there are endless opportunities to talk about it. And I think that the more that it can become integrated into our daily discussions, the easier it is to broach the topic uh, in general. And it is terrifying landscape. I think that it is every parent's worst nightmare. And oftentimes when I'm talking to parents, when we sort of peel back the layers of the onion, we what what underlies parents' hesitations to address certain kinds of emotions or situations, our parents are afraid that maybe their kids will attempt suicide, become suicidal. Even if it isn't top of mind for parents, it's certainly in their consciousness somewhere. The hardest part of this whole teen mental health crisis for me to think about um, talk about or God forbid talk with my teens about is suicide. Part of me is kind of worried that just by mentioning it, I'll be planting the seed. So how do we as parents start to really approach this hard conversation? I am so glad that you asked that because I think that that is such a commonly held misconception about suicide is the idea that we could be planting the seed or giving someone the idea. Just to be clear, by bringing up the conversation or talking about it is not planting a seed. In fact, death is death is one of the only certainties of any of our lives that we our lives are full of uncertainty. But we are all going to die, and death is an integral part of our lives. It's not a topic that we feel comfortable talking about oftentimes, and it's certainly not something that a lot of us like to think about. However, it is a reality, and it is also something that, um, once again, is sort of in all of our consciousnesses, uh, I don't know if that's the plural, uh, at, at one point or other. The other reality is that part of being an adolescent is that um, we know that there's a lot that happens in that developmental stage. And part of the awareness of becoming an adolescent or being an adolescent is realizing one's own mortality. So naturally, the idea of their own death or the concept of their own death or mortality is something that is going to cross their minds or is, is part of their awareness. You're also addressing in some way something that is already going on for them internally. And a lot of times kids are less likely to bring it up because it is a scary topic and it's certainly something I would imagine that kids are afraid that their parents are going to become fearful of. So they're not necessarily going to initiate the conversation, which makes it all the more important that we initiate that conversation. So Dana, how do we as parents start to approach this hard conversation? The best way that we can approach it is by even acknowledging our own anxiety, by saying to our teenager, you know, this is uncomfortable for me too, or I know that this can feel kind of awkward, or I feel a little bit awkward talking about this, or this isn't easy for me either. However, I think that it's such an important conversation to have, or it makes me so concerned that 
I'd like to talk about the topic. And by doing so, even this brief disclaimer caveat beginning is what offers kids many messages along the way. It's demonstrating or modeling for kids how to articulate what it is that's going on internally in the moment, which is always helpful for kids. It also conveys your own vulnerability that you too, by virtue of being alive and being human, even though you're a grown-up or an adult, you too have anxiety, uh, as we all do. And also that you can tolerate your anxiety. It's not preventing you from talking about something. So even if something is uncomfortable, awkward, anxiety-producing, that doesn't mean that we avoid it. We can tolerate it and work through it or move through it enough to be able to um, have a conversation. So even by beginning in that way, you're conveying many useful messages so, Dan, I love that you just gave us parents something to do because I always like to take away concrete things to do from these talks. We can model how we're able to deal with our own anxiety. And in modeling that, it will kind of help them also. Yeah. Think and, and actually, I think that there's also something we know that even scientifically, we know that when we translate something like emotion into words, it helps us manage our anxiety as well. So even in the verbalizing of the feeling, it helps you to calm down or feel better or engages the other intellectual part of your brain. So there's also some benefits for you as well. And hearing you talking about it uh, is helping me feel less anxious about it because you're you know, you're empowering me with some really important tools that I can use to start these hard conversations. I'm glad to empower you. So now that we know how to start, what should we focus on once the conversation is going? The conversation can certainly go in many directions. I think that it is very valuable for parents to know and for teenagers to know that it's developmentally appropriate to think about death, and to be aware of one's mortality, that this is an integral part of becoming um, sort of aware of oneself. It's always a, um, a sensitive line, but the idea that somebody has thought about suicide or that a teenager has thought about what would happen if I were dead or who would come to my funeral, these are thoughts that Many teenagers have. I don't think that it's something to be minimized, but it's certainly something that we want to acknowledge and to normalize to some degree. Have you ever thought about death? What is your sense about it? And thinking about death is a normal part of being alive and a normal part of being adolescent. However, they are still scary thoughts to have and they're scary thoughts to talk about. So I think that it's useful to walk that fine line between normalizing the thoughts around it and also understanding its individual meanings or implications to the teenager. If a teenager has any intention or fear of acting on the thoughts, 
that is something we want to pay special attention to and take some action about. Having curiosity or uh, wonderings about it is a normal part of being human. When somebody has died by suicide or has attempted suicide, it's indicative that there is an underlying issue. So teens are not randomly suicidal. There is always a mental health issue underlying it. So wait, you just said it was developmentally appropriate, and now you're saying it's not random. Can you clarify that for me? Sure. It is developmentally appropriate to think about death and to have thoughts around suicide. What would happen if I were dead? I want this feeling to end, and I wish that I weren't here. These are scary and certainly uh, thoughts that we want to pursue, but they are not unusual thoughts for a teenager to have. So there is a difference between thinking and behaving or thinking and action. So when a teenager has some plan or intention to act on it, it's likely to be reflective of thoughts that they are having and emotions that they're experiencing. Yeah, so what's the demarcation point? The demarcation point is when there is an intention to act or when a child or teenager or parent is concerned that they might act on it. To have periodic thoughts and wonderings and musings about death or suicide, once again, are scary and unpleasant thoughts to have, yet they are normal and part of human existence. I do want to acknowledge again that this is, uh, I'm making this sound more simple and I certainly want parents to feel more comfortable talking about it. And I can appreciate that these are difficult calls to make. And I think anytime a parent is concerned about the possibility or they have some kind of detection that they are detecting that their child is struggling to contact a mental health professional or a hotline as soon as possible, because the objectivity of a professional will help to disentangle or to make this distinction more clearly. Is there anything else you think is important for us parents to know? One other tip that I give to parents a lot about a lot of uncomfortable topics is that it's much easier to open a conversation by talking about somebody else. And so given that there are endless opportunities in the media, in our culture, it gives us a lot of opportunities or springboards to prompt the conversation. And the more that we can ask our kids about what they think is going on, what they thought was going on with that person, what they imagined the person was feeling, allows us an entry point or a transition to even getting a better understanding of what's going on inside of them. When we talk about other people, it's oftentimes a window into that person's inner life. That is so helpful, Dana, because I just heard you give us parents two really important tools to use in approaching and having these hard conversations using a third party 
and also, um, you know, using open-ended questions. So I think those are really two important tools that I find so helpful as well. And so thank you for reiterating those for us. And it's not only, just to clarify, it's not only asking them about how they feel, but also asking them about how they feel about somebody else or asking them what they think about somebody else. That offers us, again, some kind of a window into the way that they're thinking, because what we project onto other people is oftentimes reflective of what is going on or where we are emotionally. Thank you for that clarification. As you'd expect, the issue of suicide or suicidal thoughts comes up a lot in sessions with patients, even in the safety of a patient-therapist relationship. Patients are hesitant to bring the issue up or even to articulate the thoughts that they are having about the topic for fear that they're going to be hospitalized or that the police are going to be called. People are often comforted to know that that there sort of are a range of discussions that can be had on the topic. And I think that it is in those discussions that oftentimes can prevent somebody, well, obviously, that's why we're having this conversation, but it's in those conversations that actually the prevention can take place. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really important point. So to reiterate for parents, we get nervous, so we tend to avoid these topics like suicide and overdose. And what I'm hearing is that avoiding these topics is really the worst strategy What we're trying to do on this podcast is really break these conversations down in an informed, thoughtful way so we have a roadmap for how to navigate these issues with our teens. In our next episodes, we'll be back with Dana to dig into self-harm, depression, and anxiety. Then our final episode will be a collection of preventative measures parents can take to help their kids process issues like these in healthy ways. By the way, in the show notes, we link to the resources we cited and a video series Dana created to help parents start the conversation about suicide with their kids. I hope you'll check them out and join us for the next conversation.